Welcome to the Countdown Podcast. Today we're going to do two reviews for you, or rather Paul will, Hell while yeah. I ask on. It's two of his damn horror movies. Woo! One is Saw X, and the other one is The Exorcist Believer. Is that right, Paul? Nope. The Exorcist Colon oh, Believer. Off. Okay, fuck off. Well, we're <laughs> back, baby. We we're are back. back. It's been a while. I've been jetting around the United States. Uh, more on that for our patrons at the very least. And in, I've been jacking my peen in Perth. <laughs> So it's a day ending in Y or a week ending in K or a month ending in H for Wayne. But let's do this one then. We're starting with Sorex, which I had the pleasure of seeing at a very large cinema in New York City. Oh, really? This is the 10th film in the Saw film series. It serves as a direct sequel to the first Saw and a prequel to Saw 2. So we're going back in time, which allows Tobin Bell, Jigsaw himself, to return to proceedings. This one is written and directed by, sorry, directed by Kevin Gertet. Gertet? Written by Peter Goldfinger and Josh Stolberg. And other than Tobin Bell, it stars Shawnee Smith, Sinov, McCoddy Lund, Stephen Brand, and Michael Beach. It's 118 minutes long and was made for $13 million. It's been out since September 29th, and thus far it's taken $61 million, which is a very tidy return for this 10th film in a franchise. And I suspect we might get more of these things because it's gone Back to basics. Of course we will, Paul. This shit never ends. And how does it end, Wayne? What is this one about? Okay, according to the internet, hoping for a miraculous cure, John Kramer travels to Mexico for a risky and experimental medical procedure, only to discover that the entire operation is a scam to defraud the vulnerable folks in the world. Mm -hmm. So armed with this newfound purpose, the infamous serial killer uses deranged and ingenious traps to turn the tables on the con artists. Is that right, Paul? It is entirely right. And this one, Wayne, would you believe, has the best ratings of all, including the first Saw film, with 80% of critics on Rotten Tomatoes out of 138 of them saying the reviews are positive, with an average score of 6.5 out of 10. On Metacritic, lower with 60 out of 100 based on 24 critics. And on CinemaScore, audiences leaving gave it a B on the A plus 2 F scale. Not unusual, I guess, for a horror film in that regard. So, I have some questions, Paul. Well lauded, I guess is what I'm saying critically. Sure, sure, sure. And so John Kramer, the guy in question, Jigsaw. is Jigsaw. Yeah. So he goes to Mexico to do some stuff. So in the Saw franchise, which I think we did from the Book of Saw or whatever that was called. Yeah, yeah, the, and the I think Chris I made Rock you one? watch Jigsaw, yeah, maybe. Yeah, Chris Rock, I saw that one. The Chris Rock was the most recent one, which was a terrible, god-awful film. Yeah, I like that one. <laughs> so shit and so poorly conceived and, you know, anyway, blah, blah, blah. This one's gone back to basics. They go, well, Jigsaw dies. and I can't remember if it's four or three, but he dies. Okay. And gets killed and dies because he's got cancer. And that's part of the reason why he's going around doing what he's doing, which is putting people through tests. Right. So that they will appreciate life and what they have. And they're also, generally speaking, done not good things. They're kind of dodgy slash bad people. So he's making them turn around to be, you know, appreciate life and do good with it. Because, okay. you know, I don't have life anymore. That's his whole MO. All right. This one takes place between the first film, which was... Less about the torture porny side of things and more about the intriguing twist in that film. You might not remember. I, I, I know. I know. Carrie Elwes and Lee Winnell yes, in a room, yes. chained to a dead saw, body, yep. and then yeah, they have to saw off an arm or a leg to get out of there. Mm-hmm. Type stuff. It turns out the body is Jigsaw himself when he rises from the grave, if you will, yep. to Playing sort of say and shuts the door on them, leaving them both to die. Ah. That's the first film. This takes place after then, and he's got as we find out in Saw Two, he has a terminal illness. He's got cancer or whatever description. So now we've gone back in time when he's looking for a cure. And, he, right. and as the synopsis says, he goes to Mexico where there's this experimental cure being offered by this sort of daughter of this very successful biochemist or whatever the hell he is, pharmaceutical mm-hmm. guy who says, I can cure people. And so off he goes to do that and it is turns out all to be a fraud. Mm-hmm. And so wrong person to fraud. He brings in his acolyte who lives through the first one, Shawnee played by Amanda. 
played by Shawnee Smith. Right. You might remember from Becca. Yes. Oh, I like her. Yeah. 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 So, you know, they're having to do some very soft focus here because, of course, it's 2023. The first of these Saw films came out like 18 years ago. Oh, I see. Give or take. So, yep, yep. Maybe 19 years ago. But Mm. they do their level best, you know what I mean? You can't fault a film too much for that. And yeah, he gathers all the people together that that wronged him and starts putting them through their paces. And that's basically the film. Now, the first, it's two hours long. The first half an hour is the whole setup around, we're meant to feel bad for John Kramer, aka Jigsaw, even though we know he, they, <laughs> he tortures people yes, and yes. you know makes them lose appendages Full and order, yes. whatever else. But yeah, it, it's, it is a bit heartfelt and it does a fairly good job of that. And then it gets into the normal sort of byplay of Saw stuff with Amanda helping him because he's a bit too frail now to carry out the physical side of things. So he's oh. got... Amanda doing things for him, wow. know, kidnapping people and, and the like and chaining him up to these intricate devices and, and away the film goes. Now, people seem to be loving on this one and it's while it's far, far better film than from the Book of Saw with the one with Chris Rock <laughs> and better than most of the sequels in the franchise. And I think Kevin uh, Gruter directed one or two of the previous entries in the franchise as well. So it's very much the same style, Style, same sort of camera work, lots of spinning cameras around people and fast editing. And he edited this film as well, if I'm not mistaken, he did. So he's really got a feel for it and that comes through in vibes. And it's a good looking film. The cinematography is good in the sense of, you know, the the colour's all good. It's all matted and dark. For $13 million, you can't really fault the technical side. Sure, Practical effects are pretty good for the most part as well. There is some pretty good gore sequences as well. And that's kind of what I'm after, I guess, as a a Saw film franchise, generally speaking, fan. Mm -hmm. But the script is yep. just okay. It's a big ask to say, hey, care about this guy who has created his legacy where you know dozens, maybe close to 100 people have been killed by this point in time. And do you think he doesn't quite get there? No, you never really feel... I mean, you did initially a little bit, but you never really buy into, I should really feel bad about this guy. But more importantly, the way it all sort of plays out, it requires a level of... I wouldn't quite say it's a now-you-see-me level of ridiculous twist. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, come on now. You're you're anticipating a whole bunch of things 17 steps ahead that all have to fall into place for this to work. And I'm just like, nah. So the conclusion was not satisfying. Not at all. It, in fact, because you know, the film ends, these two have to walk away because they're in Saw 2. Yeah. So you know, there's, so you're in generally there. speaking, there's no problem for Jigsaw. There's no problem for Amanda. It's just how they get there. And so it's straight away, whenever you do a prequel, that's the barrier you run into. How to make it interesting when you know the end point for the main characters. Mm. And the further this film goes, the less interesting it, to me it became. Until the final sort of denouement, if you will, yep. where the, the big bad if you in this particular film, so what's worse than a, a guy who yeah. kidnaps people, tortures them to the point where they either appreciate I'm, their lives or die, that, you, yeah. is this charlatan who preys on people at the, at the end of their life, offering them hope when there is none and then mm. just takes their money. I mean, she's like, I'm surprised I didn't just give her a, a big black mustache to twirl. She's so evil and Got ridiculous. It. It's so painfully yep. over the top. Yep, yep, that's bad. Yeah, so it's the film's okay. That at the end of the day, it boils out to being okay. It doesn't even yeah, I don't want to spoil the very, very end, but again, like I said, you know how it's going to end. It does it's not even satisfying what happens to that person that's at the very problem. end. And that's that was really left with a bad taste in my mouth, I have mm. to I have to say. So yeah, I'd put this one around the sort of sixty one, sixty two mark. It gets past. I'm not sad I went and saw it, but can I thoroughly recommend this to anyone and say, oh, this is the the reborn Soul franchise. We should have 15 more films set around Jigsaw, Tobin Bell before he does die. No, there's no need. And this film franchise has run its path. I think by the end of the eighth or ninth one, whichever one the hell it was, which I think the Spearing Brothers directed, they've killed everyone who had anything to do with anything Saw-wise. Yeah. So that's why we got into the from the Book of Saw where some someone had studied him. Yeah. 
you know, like that's how far we're having to stretch things Absolutely. now. Absolutely, and the, and and they'll do this again, Paul. If this one's doing well. Well, if it made sixty-one one. million on thirty million, and it's only been out for a couple of weeks at time of recording, yeah, it's going to end up somewhere around the maybe eighty million mark. Yeah, it's hard to believe that Lionsgate is going to let this one die on the vine. There's no way. It's definitely going to be a sequel. It's, but I'd still rather watch this than a Blum, typical Blumhouse piece of shit production, which is made for four or five million dollars, makes forty million dollars, and then we get another piece of shit, yeah. fucking ill-conceived PG thirteen crap horror film. So, yeah, if I have if I have to have a choice, I'm going on this one. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't fucking go in a million trillion fucking years. What? David Gordon Green having anything to do with anything else to do with horror? Fuck you, sir. Because The Exorcist Believer, sorry, The Exorcist Colon Believer is one of the worst <laughs> films. <laughs> That has been released to cinema. There you go. And that's what I'm looking for. In the last five years. It's not as bad as Halloween Ends, thank God, because that film is abysmal without redemption. Yep, yep. But it still shits on the stain of what was, and it's widely considered still to this day to be, 1974, 1975, can't remember, The Exorcist, William Peter Blatty's, William Freakin' directed original, which still gives people the shits these days, almost 50 years after it's released. This film serves as a sequel to that film. Is that that Lego sequel? You know, Paul. And oh my God, Wayne. Oh my God, is it Paul? Give me the stats, then I'll give you the uh, the synopsis. So as mentioned, this one's directed by David Gordon Green, with a screenplay by he and Peter Sattler, from a story by Scott Teams, Danny McBride, and David Gordon Green. William Peter Blatty, I think, is dead as well as William, William Friedkin, which might be a good thing. Hang on, let me just check that statement. Yep, he died six years ago because he will be rolling over in his grave as well. Really? Oh, this is produced by Jason Blum. They aforementioned. Uh, when you combine, I guess, the king of hell with, in terms of horror film mm. releases, with the guy who you <laughs> sells your soul, sells everyone's soul to make shit house films, this is the result. <laughs> Stars Leslie Odom Jr., Lydia Duet, Olivia O'Neill, Anne Dowd, and Ellen Burstein returning in from her role as the mother to Reagan. I think Chris is her name in the in the film. Mm. Oh, Wayne, where to begin? Where to begin? That's 111 minutes long. The budget was $30 million, so it's twice as much as Sorex. The box office, it's only been out for one week, 57.7 million. So again, it's going to make money. Will there be a second or third one? Apparently, David Gordon Green signed a three-picture deal. You know, that's my real issue with this horrible <sighs> crap. <laughs> it's just this like, self-perpetuating ass machine. It's like, it's, yeah, I see why you still make them, and I see that people still have to eat and stuff like that, but why does it have to be? Do you anyway. have a synopsis there for this one? I do, I do. Go ahead. The exorcist, if you like, colon, believer, is such. When his daughter Angela and her friend Catherine show signs of demonic possession, it unleashes a chain of events that forces single father Victor Fielding to confront the nadir of evil. Terrified and desperate, he seeks out Chris McNeil, the only person alive who's, who's witnessed anything like it before. Yeah, this sounds like shit. Yeah, 22% of 216 reviews have been positive with an average score of 4.4 out of 10 on Metacritic. It's Oof. even lower with 38 out of 100 based on 52 critics. And on CinemaScore, audiences walking out gave it a C on the A plus to F scale. That's a stinker. It absolutely is. Now, it's hard to describe. I won't go into spoilers again because it's a brand new film, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except to say that this is basically following the same plot beats the first half of the film is effectively setting up things to be exactly the same as the exorcist here is a single parent with a likable daughter uh yep and the opening of the film does show why uh, leslie odom jr is a single parent so the his wife dies around the time of giving childbirth mm-hmm. for reasons that you can watch from the film mm-hmm. and so he's left he's now got a 13 year old daughter mm-hmm. she goes off to school with her white mate they walk off into the forest together and they're going to try and contact mum 
in a bit of a spiritual uh, way and things go south and then they disappear. They turn up 72 hours later. There's lots of hand-wringing and worry as there would be. This dad who's given his whole life to protecting his child because that's mm-hmm. what his dying wife wished him to do. Mm-hmm. And of course, because he's the father of this kid and he loves her very, very much. Sure. Contrasted with the parents of the white child who is, they are Bible-thumping Catholics, I think, from from memory. Oh. And, uh, you know, full of the hypocrisy and the life that can be attached to to such people. Not saying it's everyone. Sure, sure. You're a religious person. Westboro, yep. Good on you. But Got yeah, that, yep. that, that kind of person. Then the film goes off on its own sort of tangent because we don't have, well, there is a priest in this film in a very minor role. We don't really have a priest. Mm. We don't have a Max von Sydow character. We don't have, a, I can't remember, Father Father whatever his name is, the other yeah. guy. There's two priests in the, in the original yep. who are, there's an acolyte priest and then the experienced mm-hmm. exorcist, ex- exercising priest. Right. We don't get those. So instead, this film becomes all about, because it's 2023, it can't all be about Catholicism and Catholicism can't be the right way. Really? It's all about different faiths coming together. Ah, fuck this shit. I hate to it. To try right. and exercise both children. It's, there's no reason for there to be two kids. So is it like, um, oh, wait, can we get the Buddhist, the Muslim? Uh, Almost. The, the, really? The sort of witch doctor-y character. The witch doctor as well. The Fantastic. Pentecostal guy. Oh, my God. The Pentecostal guy is just going to yell at it. Oh, it's just really <laughs> awkward. and Im- It's almost embarrassing. And here's the number one problem. Saw X. It's not a scary film. It's a gross-out film. Right. It's a torture, porny, gore film. It delivers. Uh-huh. This film, it's meant to be scary. There's not a lot of blood and gore and violence. There's very few deaths in this movie. It's meant to be frightening. It's laughable. Uh, How laughable is it? This is an exact quote that I heard from a very empty cinema that I went and saw it again in, in New York in a four uh, IMAX 4K mm-hmm. laser projected cinema. Oh, wow. As they're walking out, some dude walking down the corridor says to his mate, goes, I got shit in my life that's way more fucking scary than that crap. <laughs> And <laughs> everyday life is more scary than this. It is awkward. The only reason it gets the score it gets from me is that it is crisply shot. Mm. Not well shot in the terms of what lots of great ooh, whiz bang camera moves, but yeah. the camera's in focus, you know. <laughs> if you if, if your big positive points are, well, the camera was in focus, so we do have a DP that knows how to twist yeah. a lens. Yeah, Leslie Odom Jr. does his best in a pretty thankless kind of role. Because uh-huh. the Exodus believer, by the way, refers to him. He doesn't believe. When his wife dies, he's lost all faith. Right, right. And so he has to come to believe to save his daughter Oh, in the course of this film. Yeah. I mean, look, that could probably be a good movie. This just isn't it. It's so. not. Because it's not frightening. Like The yep. original... I remember moments of watching the original, even though I watched it 15 years after its release, where I'm like, ooh, that's kind of creepy. Like the, the backward spider walk down the stairs by yeah. Reagan McNeil, yeah. that stuff that will live rent-free in your head yeah. to pop up in nightmares. Exactly. They did the whole quick, uh, and they did more of this in the, in the director's cut that they re-released 25 years or 30 years after the original, but of the snippets of um, whatever the demon's face it starts with P, can't remember off the top of my head. Better can I? <laughs> we're, we're, like this sort yeah. of ghastly visage that would just pop just enough we'd register and go, what the fuck was that? Yeah, that's what that, from from what I remember from The Exorcist it was always that it was actually subtle like it's like a face in a window go, what the fuck was that? Like, and I think it's that's why it was creepy that's why it was scary so obviously this does none of that and then because this is a legacy call it brings back Ellen Burstein as Chris McNeil and it tries to position her as being like the expert now because her daughter went through a possession mm. and I've not even think I've seen Exorcist 2 colon heretic mm. But that's considered to be a massive piece of shit. Exorcist 3 is really good. Really? It's really one of those most underrated horror films of all time. And it's genuinely frightening in places. Oh, okay. 
Okay. They bring her back here and they do so dirty by her wine. They just bring her back just to say they brought her back. We've got someone back from the original. Is it the actual actress? Yeah. Oh, okay. So who's now, well, given that she must be 80, 85 yeah, I was years that. old. I was thinking that. And she's positioning herself to be like The Exorcist, which lasts not that long. I'll just put it that way. Okay. And I'm like, whoa, that's what you brought her back for? Mm-hmm. Fuck you, cheap ass, piece of shit, money hungry motherfuckers. Yeah. Though, to be fair, she would have come back for a paycheck, I guess. Yeah. I mean, not like she's got a lot of, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of yeah, these days. So this is, this is just terrible. It's everything that's wrong with Hollywood you know, at the time where the actor strike is still ongoing. I think the rise strike has now been all but resolved. I think rise strike is done. Actor strike is still ongoing. Yeah, we saw Sag after when I was in the States. You oh, know, really? Times Square with the Did you? Oh, you, saw, you saw, oh, yeah, I didn't see anyone famous, famous there. Famous? No, <laughs> no, sadly, sadly do not. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stay well clear. Don't bother. Don't give them your money. It's too late now. It's probably made enough money. We're going to get another one. I think the second one I've just read here, according to Wikipedia, is scheduled to come out April 2025. And no doubt you'll give them your money deceiver. then. <laughs> Look, hopefully there's something else better out around that same time, so I'm not tempted. I would not have seen this film. So big shout out to Epic Film Guys, Justin from Epic Film Guys, who yeah. I ran into in the streets no. in New York. You ran into Justin? Literally ran into him. What happened? With the green With hair. With the green hair, you didn't miss him. Well, we were walking, as a last day in the States, we were walking to this thing we had. Sort of That's insane, thing, dude. And there was a line outside Barnes & Noble. I'm like, What's that the for? Bookstore, yeah. And then we saw the lines to sign Arnold Schwarzenegger's new book. And Word. I'm like, I did think register my head. Hey, Justin is a big fan of these kinds of things. Yeah, he's posted a picture of him and Annie from that day. And then Patsy said to me, my wife said, "Hey, is that your friend with the green hair in the front of the line?" I'm like, no what? Way. So I was turned around and walked back, and it sure it was him. So we Check got a few photos out. and had a bit of a hug. You and can post some shit. Oh, yeah, amazing, good. absolutely amazing. Real bonus. To That's the trip. insane. New York, you don't run into anyone. Oh, right? but just not New York. He's not even from New York. He lives in I close know. to Washington or in Washington, I think. Shit. And they'd driven for like five, four hours from his co-host Jeremy's house and got they were there from 4 a.m. for a 12 hour opening the line for eight hours to be first in line. To no, in, yeah. It's, uh, that's some hardcore shit, man. Bro, if anything happens in New York, you, I went to a free concert in Central Park and just couldn't get in because the line was from one borough to another. So it's just, it's just yeah. everyone's there. Absolutely astounding coincidence. Amazing thing. So awesome. That's Justin, huge, if you're dude. listening, a shout out to you. Thank you, sir, for the photos. He said in his review, don't go and says, don't do it. He put it online. I said, I'm not going to do this. But it was the only film in 4 fucking K. I get it. At this cinema. So I'm like, you know what? Sorry, not 4K. In uh, IMAX. I'm like, I want to do an IMAX screening before I leave here. To be honest, it was big. It wasn't that much bigger. I wish I hadn't bothered. You shouldn't bother. The Exodus Believe is a big pile of steaming shit. I give it 28. Steer well fucking clear. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. There we are. That's my quick review. Sorry for me just... Going on and on and on. Here, Wayne, to get a chance to see anything. No, of, no, no. That's note. it. Yeah, yeah, my bad, my bad. And he didn't want to see horror films. But uh, we will be returning, not this week, week after, just before Halloween, with a Halloween-themed scary countdown slash horror countdown for you. We'll see what I can come up with to sidestep that. Much to Wayne's <laughs> absolute delight. So you will get to hear him speak about things that uh, put him outside his comfort zone, which I think is what all the fans love to hear. Wayne. Yeah, well. It's unfortunate. What are you going to do? But thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for joining us for those two reviews today. You can, of course, get in touch with us via the usual channels now that we're back on board and we are operating on all cylinders via email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com on X at the Countdown PC. Check out thecountdownpodcast.com for links to Patreon and all the other things to do with the podcast, including the merch store, which Wayne has updated with all, all new branding and the like. Probably should update the photos. Oh, that's all going to happen. Yeah. Pieces as I well. Saying, should have done that in three But years. yeah, we'll get there. Uh, and otherwise, thank you so much for joining us. My name is Paul. My name's Wayne. And this has been the soundboard, which didn't even get used today. How sad. Don't worry. We'll Excellent. fix that in coming times. I stand resolute, motherfucker. When it comes to horror. Been a while, that one. <laughs> there you go. Gotcha. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. See, See you. Ya.